everyone, welcome to Games Are Fun, the weekly video game podcast show that talks about video game news, stories, highlights, and all the biggest topics in the video game industry. My name is Luke Armstrong and I am your host. Joining me this week is my co-host, Adam Beagle. Adam, how's it going? How are you doing during this uh, this COVID-19 pandemic? How are things? I'm hanging in there. Been uh, working from home, so I've been uh, minimizing my uh, risk out there in the world. Mm-hmm. Um but as of right now, I, all I can think about is just being a big ball of excitement for <laughs> uh, Animal Crossing happening in just a couple hours. So. Yeah, totally. Um, How about you? Yeah, pretty, pretty much the same. I unfortunately, just kind of what I do for work, I can't really work from home. Um, but the company I work for is taking some really big steps and making sure that we're protected and everything like that. Um, I kind of work by myself to begin with. So it's not like I'm coming into contact with a lot of people, but I mean, I'm still going out and doing everything like that. And fortunate timing, I I was for work. I, uh, I would traveled. And so obviously I was very paranoid while I was traveling, um, like literally washing my hands every second I could and uh, <laughs> staying away from people. So I've been back for, I don't know, since since Tuesday this past week and I'm still feeling good and healthy like I always have been. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that I didn't pick up anything. I was just worried that like not, not catching like coronavirus or anything, but I was just worried about getting sick, you know, because like that's that's what happens when you travel and every time I have to get on an airplane I'm just worried of like catching something a cold mm-hmm. or or whatever getting a sore throat from it so yeah it's been good but yeah everything is I'm sure it's the same where you are um it's just eerie outside with like driving down the road and seeing like malls like strip malls like no cars in the parking lot and um you know even when I was at the airport there was it was dead like when I flew out it was busy but when I came home both airports were just like really really dead so um, yeah I can't really speak on that I've I literally haven't been out of my house (laughs) since last Saturday so um and and at that point like uh things weren't quite at the shutting down point so everything was was pretty you know like it would be on any any other day Mm -hmm. so yeah well, to everyone listening, I hope you guys are all staying safe out there and uh, minimizing your social contact if you can, just to make sure that you're you're staying healthy and uh, everything like that. It's the goal. The good thing with this is we've always recorded um, at home, so you guys will continue to get the podcast. The podcast was a little late this week. That's just because of scheduling. Um, but it's here. Uh, actually, yeah, by the time this goes up, it will be officially Animal Crossing Day. So happy Animal Crossing Day to all those people playing it. Um, me and Adam uh, will have already been playing it. We're, we're ready for it. Like you said, we're ready for We were just talking about before we started recording that we're ready to jump in as soon as uh, it, it goes uh, live on the Switch. And yeah, I'm pumped. I got, I got two days off. Um, so I'll be able to spend a good chunk of time and then I got another set of days off next week. So it's perfect timing. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And just a uh, fun fact for those that don't care is I've just realized that it's been almost a week since I put shoes on. Oh my gosh, that's (laughs) hilarious. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. Megan has been at home, uh, as well. And when, once I got back from that work trip, we, 
Um, we didn't really like want to cook, so we're like, let's order food in. And the the like food delivery was the first person she had seen in like a week or something like that. <laughs> like it's the same case. Like she has not really stepped outside of our apartment. So, all right. Well, let's go over what we're going to be talking about in today's episode. Well, it was actually kind of a busy week in the mm-hmm. gaming industry last week because we got uh, some big news surrounding next generation consoles, both the Xbox Series X revealed some of the hardware specs and PlayStation 5 held their own kind of presentation, digital presentation, uh, where Mark Cerny went over uh, all the specs and some of the more um, (laughs) small details, I guess, on everything in terms of the PlayStation 5 and, and the technology behind it. So, That's what we wanted to talk about today is kind of go over some of those things, maybe some spec comparisons on the two consoles, because there actually is some differences in some things that I wanted to talk about. Um, And then we're just going to talk about, you know, the direction from both Microsoft and Sony to, you know, decide to release the information as they did, right? Xbox did it differently than Sony. I, I I do have a personal opinion on what I thought worked better at this point in time. Um, So yeah, we'll have a discussion around that. And then we also got a indie world, a Nintendo presentation on Monday, I think this past week and Monday or Tuesday. And so we're- It was Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. All my days are jumbled together. Tuesday, (laughs) it it was a bit of a slow one, but we'll talk about the games that were announced and share our opinions on that. And then, yeah, we'll go into what games we've been playing uh, Adam has uh, some new additions to talk about. I, I do as well. And so that's what the show looks like this week. Um, you can kind of, oh, with this being a later episode, I'm not sure about next week's episode if it's going to, you know, because it's hard when one episode gets pushed back late in the week, then there's not that much of a time to record again and get the next week up for Tuesday. So uh, we're, we'll, we'll fill that out, see how things go. Um, I really want to try and get Garrett. Garrett's schedule is he's a lot of evenings and nights he's uh, working. And so that's when Adam and I aren't working. So it's kind of sometimes hard to, to get Garrett lined up in that. But uh, I know he's missed out on a couple episodes here. But he's he's still he, he very eager. He wants to be on the show. So, yeah, next week we'll, we'll take that as it comes. Uh, follow us on Twitter at GamesAreFunPod to keep updates on when the show's going live. Because, yeah, the next couple weeks with so much going on and stuff like it might be a little bit weird but just bear with us so before we get into all that just a reminder that games are fun is a podcast that airs every tuesday most of the time uh each week adam garrett and myself discuss the biggest topics in the video game industry and share opinions on recent game releases Uh, the show is available on all major podcast services such as apple podcasts google podcasts and spotify if you want to help support this podcast make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you use so if you're listening on apple Podcasts, make sure you follow us Uh, leave a review if you enjoy the show those reviews really help out the show all right let's get into happy or house keeping i said happy because right (laughs) underneath that i wrote happy animal crossing day but i already mentioned that um, speaking of Animal Crossing, we are going to do a review episode for Animal Crossing. And that's, we're not quite sure when we're going to do that because we're obviously all three of us, me, Garrett, and 
Adam all want a good chunk of time to be able to play Animal Crossing before we do a full review of it. And so what we're going to do is we're going to maybe look, check in with each other in a week's time and maybe figure out if uh, we can narrow down a date of when we want to record. And once we know that, then we can let you guys know when that special episode is going to go up. That's going to be like an additional episode, kind of like what we did last November for Death Stranding. If, uh, if anyone remembers, we basically kind of gave some impressions on the game uh, when we first started playing it in a regular episode. And then we did a full, I think it was like a pretty long episode. I, I, I think it was like two hours and I can't remember, but I remember it being very it was, meaty. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was very lengthy. Yeah. Uh, Adam and I gave a whole review on Death Stranding. So we kind of want to do that. Uh, I've talked about this already this year with the podcast is we want to do those game-specific reviews um, and give a whole episode devoted to talking about them. And uh, we don't want to... We want those in addition to kind of the regular rigmarole that we go over. Um, just because, you know, if, if you're not interested in Animal Crossing, like obviously you don't want to have one episode totally taken up by Animal Crossing talk, right? Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll have that as an additional episode and we'll give you guys updates on when we know that's going to happen. Um, but you can expect kind of general impressions of the game next episode. In addition to that, just to add in uh, more Animal Crossing content, uh, I am planning on streaming a good portion of the day on Friday. So I guess the the day that this airs, um, you know, uh, check out my Twitch page. It's uh, twitch.tv slash adampalooza85. Um, and, you know, come stop in. Yeah. Check out the stream. Uh, I'll be doing that for a good portion of the day and then uh, maybe some more throughout the weekend um, as I'm able to. For sure. Yeah, please please go over to Twitch and give Adam a follow. He's been stream he, he was streaming a bit of Neo 2 and some dreams earlier this past week. Um, so please go follow him over there. A reminder that we have a game giveaway going on right now for a copy of Hollow Knight for the Nintendo Switch. This giveaway is going until March 27th. Um, head over to our Twitter page at GamesAreFunPod and look for the pinned tweet to enter. All you have to do is make sure you're following GamesAreFunPod. you got to retweet that giveaway tweet and then take one of your friends. Um, it's been a couple weeks since we posted that, I believe. So, um, you know... People haven't been, uh, we've kind of hit a lull of people not entering anymore. So the, your chances are pretty good. There's not too many people entered. So please head over there. If you're lazy like I am, just go into the show notes or description. And there's a link that you literally will take you to the tweet I'm mentioning. <laughs> so you can enter that giveaway. Um, yeah, like I said, it ends March 27th. And then after that, uh, we will choose a winner at random and announce it on Twitter and the show. So make sure you head over there and enter that game giveaway. All right, let's head into our topic of the show. So last week, like I mentioned, Microsoft released uh, some details surrounding Xbox Series X. And then I don't know what day that was. I think it was like Friday. I don't even remember. All the days are... I'm so out of my regular routine that... Yeah. <laughs> it, at any rate... They were, I think it was like this, let's see what, when this one article was posted, March 16th. 
So it could have been March 16th, but that I don't know. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Microsoft released details of the upcoming Xbox Series X. And then uh, on the 18th, Sony held a presentation, digital presentation, showing uh, some details of the PlayStation 5. Both kind of presented it different, differently. Uh, Microsoft didn't have a full-fledged like presentation per se, um, but they did team up with Digital Foundry where Digital Foundry kind of did a rundown of the actual hardware itself. They actually had an Xbox Series X and they, you know, showed what it looked like. And then they got into more of the details. They showed some of the um, features that it has, um, you know, like suspending gameplay. That's a really cool feature um, where you could basically be playing your game and suspend the game and go into another game and just bring that game right right up um, without having to go through you know, loading a new application or a new game in this case, um, which is kind of neat. Because we can kind of do that right now with like, you know, if we go to our home or if we put our Xbox in or PlayStation, I guess, in rest mode, you know, you can bring up those games. But this is really cool because it basically, you can jump from game to game without having to go through the menu screen. So um, it's getting into your games way quicker, which is really cool to see. Um, they talked a lot about... Um, some of the the tech specs, which I mean, I'm going to do a comparison with PlayStation 5. Uh, one thing I did want to go over before we started doing that was uh, I wanted to get your thoughts, Adam, on this. There was one thing that Xbox did that was a little controversial in when it was when it was brought up. So, from my understanding, you have your I think it's a one terabyte solid straight solid. St- uh, solid state drive internal storage. And then they have a proprietary, yeah, too many words, big words <laughs> for me, I guess. A proprietary uh, memory card almost. <laughs> it's basically, um, it's for the Xbox Series X. It is a unique shape and um, built for the console that you can basically put in for additional storage. Now, from what I was able to gather on the people were upset about this because they thought, you know, this was going to be the only way to expand storage on that. Uh, they clarified a little bit saying that you can basically hook up an external drive to this, but in order to have all those really snap quickie feature, quick features that I was talking about, like suspending gameplay and some of the other things that they articulate in their um, report, the, you have to use one of those things to get that. Now, I from again, from my understanding, I also saw something saying that you could store your games on a hard drive and then basically put them on, switch them or like transfer them over to the internal or onto this drive in order to get those features. So if you wanted to, t- technically, you could have a drive hooked up and then you could basically... You know, whenever you, if you wanted to use those games, you could have all your games that you're not really playing on that hard drive. And then ones that you're using actively, you know, bring those over to your internal and use them on there. I guess that was kind of what a lot of people were saying online. But Adam, I wanted to get your opinion on this, this topic, because this was something that was just like, I saw all these things on Twitter talking about how awesome this console looks, but this was the one thing that really stuck out um, as something that people didn't like. So what was your thoughts on it? 
Yeah, it really is just the kind of one negative thing to, to take away from the information they've released so far. Because um, it just, it's flashbacks to the Vita. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't remember the, if the PSP was like that at all, but Vita definitely uh, was. Where you had to get pretty, a proprietary memory card. I'm pretty sure if it, the PSP had its own memory card as well, yeah. Okay. Don't yeah, call me so on. It's, it's flashbacks to that. And, um, you know, it's, it's kind of unfortunate because, you know, you'd like to be able to just get any solid state drive and be able to just kind of, you know, have your own options. But at the same time, I understand, you know, what they're doing just, you know, maybe isn't possible uh you know with just regular retail solid state drives so mm-hmm. um you know whatever the i don't know architecture technology is behind those drives that you know requires that they do that I, you know I, I don't know all the details behind mm-hmm. it but yeah, yeah it, it's it is unfortunate that um you know it can't be used with other drives or if you do use another you know just regular you know drive or solid state drive you have to you know do some uh some storage swapping between the two if you wanted to be able to use all those special features. Now, for someone like me, as long as games don't get too, too crazy big, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't think I'll have a problem with it because, I mean, I have a, a one terabyte Xbox One X right now. Yeah. And, you know, I, I kind of, like, I delete things as I'm not playing them or don't intend to play them or I, I'm finished with them and I don't think I'm going to go back. And I mean, obviously I can go and I can reinstall them again. My save files are still saved, so I can always re-download it at another time. So it's it's not that big of a deal for me. Like, it's totally not a game breaker or mm-hmm. uh, deal breaker at all. Um, it's just, you know, you do have a whole, you know, a lot of hardcore users out there that do just, they keep every game. They never delete anything off. They want everything stored. So there's a couple extra steps that they'll have to take or... Uh, they do have to get the proprietary one. And I guess the downside with that is that it's more expensive mm-hmm. uh, to get the proprietary one. You know, if if they were able to make it uh, comparative to just like a another retail drive, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it wouldn't be that big of a deal. But, um, you know, having that additional markup, it, I, you know, I definitely understand why uh, people feel a little sour about that. Yeah. And like... A lot of people ask, like, why would they do this? And, like, obviously you allude to the fact that, you know, the drives that are out there might not be... The other external storage, you know, solutions out there won't meet what is built into the the Xbox. And so I understand that. But, I mean, you know, some people were complaining about the size of the internal storage just being a terabyte, especially, you know look at today where call of duty modern warfare right. is like way over a hundred gigabytes. Like it takes up mm-hmm. like a quarter, well not a quarter, but like it takes up a huge chunk compared to all my other games on like my, my PlayStation. Um, you know, it's, it's insane. The, the size of these games nowadays. And, but I mean, I think they're keeping it smaller because they, the, this, these kinds of things are expensive. And so they're like, well, if we, create a bigger internal storage that's just going to drive up the the retail price and i would rather keep they would probably rather keep it small and then have that option for those those like you said those you know diehards that need lots of games or whatever um as a solution is it the best solution no but i think it's not like you said it's not a deal breaker or anything like that just more of a an annoyance that it's one of those things, I don't think it's going to impact, 
you know, it's not going to like, it's not the nail in the coffin for the Xbox Series X. It's just one little thing that sticks out, you know, um, especially when you're going over all these great things. There's one that really didn't really win over a lot of people. So, um, so yeah, they, they listed some of that stuff. I honestly recommend anyone who's more interested in that to go over to Digital Foundry and watch those videos. I watch them myself and they do the best job at really breaking things down. Um, and they create a good visual. So, um, and then PlayStation five, let's get into that. So PlayStation five did a presentation. They announced on Tuesday that they were going to have a live event. So this is all the Sony ponies were happy. (laughs) They were pumped and (laughs) ready to celebrate this PlayStation five reveal. Now that was not really what it was. What it was, was basically, like I said, at the top of the show, Mark Cerny, gave this presentation that was kind of weird because it like it was not live but it like they made it look like it was live it was really weird it was like a green screen or something I don't really know how they did that um it was really weird though he was like talking and basically he went over the spec details for the PlayStation 5 in very great detail and it was more aimed at the developers this was basically a presentation that was probably expected to be given at GDC, but of course, because of you know coronavirus and the pandemic and everything, GDC was canceled, and so they still wanted to give that presentation in some sort of way. But you know, at the same time, with them coming out and saying, "Here, PlayStation Five details being revealed tomorrow," you know, it has all the all the consumers really excited for that, expecting maybe a presentation directed towards them um, or at least a little bit of both, but it was very heavy towards the developer side of things. And it basically was just a whole hour of them going over, you know, the CPU, the GPU, um, 3d audio talking about backwards compatibility, these kinds of things that um, are interesting, but I think to the regular consumer aren't really laying a spark. (laughs) So Adam, Mm -hmm. you, you watched it as well. What were your overall impressions of this presentation? So I think the, the, um, let me figure out how it it was, it was, uh, on the one hand, I think the technology side of things is cool. So listening to him, go through all the specifics of everything like it, it's neat it really is um the technology is fantastic mm-hmm. on the other hand it was very boring it was definitely not what the average viewer expected to see going into it mm-hmm. um it was a it was a questionable decision for sure to um post that on social media and advertise it to everybody when it was clearly meant for developer i think it was meant for developers because i mean on the one hand like we already know develop like there's already dev kits out there and yeah it w- I'm, I'm sure it doesn't take a lot of selling to try and get developers to want to develop for playstation so i like i even kind of struggle to to feel like this is even for developers like i don't know who this was for the, the um, only like real thing i thought that was really fo- you're absolutely right like there was some things that would they were going over this like well developers know this stuff you're explaining like basic yeah you know, tech stuff that they would have knowledge of. But there was one section that I think was aimed at developers when they were talking about, you know, 
the issues that they had in the past with developing games for the PS3 mm-hmm. and how they changed that right. for the PS4 and how, you know, if you were uh, able to develop for the PS4, you know, the we have things set up in a way that it will be even quicker for you to get get games developed for for PlayStation 5 and stuff like that. But yeah, you're right. It's like who who was that presentation for when they're all over the map like that? Yeah. Part of me wants to kind of wonders if this is just sort of to bait out Xbox a little bit to try and get them to divulge a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um because, you know, we, we still don't know release date or price for either Xbox or PlayStation. So maybe they thought if they came out and did this, maybe Xbox would feel the need to kind of get out there and, and make a big splash. Like, I think they're just they're waiting for someone to say something so that they can come out and respond with a mic drop moment. Yeah. Um, as it was, uh, I, I feel like Cerny kind of wanted to dunk on xbox a little bit by saying like flops don't matter and um basically i I think what it is is like our console is not going to be more powerful than the series x or faster or you know whatever it's not going to be as strong but here's some other technical things that are cool that maybe still makes the playstation 5 better than the series x anyway and i just i didn't really buy that yeah um I think the Series X is definitely going to be the stronger console, the two, which, Mm -hmm. you know, we see between the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One, uh, or One X rather. And, you know, it didn't really matter because Sony still had the exclusives and they still, you know, kind of won in the end. But um, the the way Xbox is kind of not only uh, positioning stronger hardware, but now a lot of uh, customer first initiatives. you know, PlayStation really they need to they need to step up in a bigger way than what they just did this week. I totally agree. It's not not the best note to to start off a generation. Um, you know, with with this the, just how they've handled it and everything like that. Everything that you've already mentioned, um, comparing you know Microsoft to Sony is absolutely true. I I agree with that, and I really it's really. I don't know what will happen, especially with, you know, how the world, the way it is right now. Um, who who knows what, uh, what steps they choose? Because obviously we don't have, I think Microsoft will, they're, they're, they're still saying that they're doing that digital presentation um, around E3 time, you know, to replace that press conference that is canceled. Um, so mm-hmm. I don't know if Sony's going to maybe do something similar where, cause we, we still like Xbox. We last year, we saw what the Xbox series X l- even looks like PlayStation right. five. We still have no clue. And I know that who cares? It just sits on your entertainment, entertainment <laughs> console. and doesn't matter. But I mean, like it, it's creating hype. It's creating excitement for people, uh, to jump on board and stuff like that. Even if it's something silly like that and i really think that sony needs to like you said pick up the pace here and and do better at this or they're gonna have a, a hard time now the thing is is like even with all of this um you know there there will still always be people even when you look at well actually let's get into that next i wanted to talk about this is do some spec comparison so again all of this is in a, a basically a different language, um, but maybe to some listeners out there, they might have an understanding of what some of these things mean and the difference it would make. 
Um, but there is some differences that I wanted to talk about. Um, my knowledge of a lot of this is like, oh, this number's bigger on Xbox than PlayStation 5, so it must be better. <laughs> so I don't really know some of these things, but I did want to go over them. Uh, so when it comes to CPU, basically they're identical, um, but Xbox Series X has um, 8 times Zen 2 cores at 3.8 gigahertz, um, where... I guess they have 3.5 on PlayStation 5. Uh, the big thing that's going around is how many flops uh, the consoles have. And so the uh, GPU for Xbox Series X is 12 teraflops, 52 CUs at 1.825 gigahertz custom RDNA2. Whereas PlayStation 5 has 10.28 teraflops, 36 CUs at 2.23 gigahertz variable frequency. So again, I don't know what that means, but... Um, you know, there is a, a, a noticeable difference between those two. Um, they talk about, uh, the memory is basically pretty much the same, uh, memory bandwidth. You have 10 gigabytes at 50, 560 gigabytes per second and six gigabytes at 336 gigabytes per second, where uh, PlayStation five just says 448 gigabytes per second. Uh, internal storage is a different. Uh, so one terabyte custom NVMe solid state drive, whereas PlayStation 5 has a custom 825 gigabyte solid state drive. Um, expandable storage, we already went into that. A one terabyte expansion card um, for the Xbox Series X and the NVMe solid state drive slot on the PlayStation 5. Um, unsurprising, surprising nobody, you know, 4K Ultra high definition Blu-ray drive in both of them. Um, there is, you know, USB 3.2 HDD support. I mean, yeah, that's basically it. There are some differences um, when you compare them side by side. Um, but overall, you know, they're, they're, they're both very impressive pieces of hardware. Um, on paper, you know, you look at the Xbox Series X and yes, it's more powerful. But again, these are things that, Console gamers, I don't think care too much about clearly, mm -hmm. um, as you and I are just like cool numbers and letters, great. Um, <laughs> but I mean, like, I you know that is an important part around this time when you're int introducing a new piece of hardware and stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's great to know these things now. Now that we know them, I, I would really like to get into the the stuff that we care about um, as console gamers, you know, operating systems, what that looks like, games, exclusives, um, services, that kind of stuff. Just diving more into that is what we can kind of expect to see, I guess, for the remainder of this year. It's just a matter of when we're going to see that stuff. So is there any other points you wanted to make on this topic or? Um, not really. I think uh, the... I just, you know, we all want to know more. Um, we, you know, we've, we've heard too many technical things at this yeah. point. Like we've just had uh, jargon overload at this point from kind of from both of them. I mean, Microsoft is definitely positioning things a little bit more like, hey, this is why you want an Xbox because mm -hmm. of these cool things and they have videos to back it up. And, uh, but, but a lot of it is still just, it's all, it's all talk. Like we, you know, we want to see the games that are coming out like launch lineup is, is ultimately 
going to be, you know, one of the most important things for a lot of people. And we still don't really know what that looks like. Exactly. And, um, you know, some, some more of like, uh, you know, the, the software that's, you know, going to go into these boxes, you know, a little bit more on like backwards compatibility, mostly yeah. with uh, PlayStation. And so there's, there's just more things that they need to start releasing that, mm. that actually, uh, are geared towards the customers. Yeah. I totally agree there. It's just a matter of time for now. I did want to mention that Xbox's official website for the Xbox Series X did post a, again, not a release date, but they were narrowing down the release window again. And it now says uh, Thanksgiving 2020. So hmm. we can, I don't know if that, if that means like the exact day of Thanksgiving or around the holiday, you know, like maybe... I don't know. It's hard to say. Like, if, if it would be the Friday, that'd be Black Friday. So I don't really know <laughs> if that is their plan or they're just saying Thanksgiving as like, hey, you can expect it, you know, end of November-ish. Um, yeah. So. And one of the things Cerny said during during all that is although there was no, like, date or anything given, he is still saying end of year. So I it sounds mm-hmm. like they're still planning on, on uh, releasing uh in 2020 yeah so i mean i guess that's something to take away from that that for event sure. um but yeah i mean it'd be nice to know an actual date for both of these consoles and um i do want to you know get it get one of them mm-hmm. um you know so that it's again gonna kind of depend on launch lineup but xbox has definitely been winning my favor of late so i'm, I'm sure. almost kind of leaning that direction but you know, we we still don't know what supply is going to look like because all the manufacturing delays exactly. and everything with, uh, you know, the whole COVID-19. And I'm not about to be one of those people that's uh, getting into to long lines or, you know, fighting other people for, <laughs> for, the console, for uh, yeah. you know, the, the, the latest console. So, like, I'm fine, like, not yeah. getting anything right away at this point unless the, unless the supply is there and there's of plenty course, to go yeah. around. Yeah then for sure but i'm not yeah i'm not trying to be one of those people racing out first thing to try and get a pre-order in like yeah i'm just i'm not doing it this time around especially since these games that are coming out aren't necessarily exclusives to those like you know well, whatever is right with them being yeah like, whatever can play on on the series x can play yeah. on the one x and yeah. we assume that the same will be true with playstation, PlayStation. 5 and playstation yeah. 4 so yeah exactly so Time will tell, I guess. Yep. All right, let's move into our Nintendo Indie Direct, or Indie World, I guess they're called now. Um, So we got got something from Nintendo. It wasn't a full-fledged Nintendo Direct, but it was an Indie World, which, you know, previously, I would be quite excited for them. Um, I wish when when they announced that they were going to do one, I was kind of like, oh man, I, w- I wish they were just doing like a, a full-fledged direct. Like, I want to know what Nintendo first party it has in store for 2020, right? It's already March. What's going on? Like, I want to know those details like we've talked about on the show before. But we got a Nintendo Indie World showcase um, this past Tuesday, and we got 22 games that were shown off in it. Um, so uh, I'm pulling an article from Adam Bankhurst over at IGN, it uh, gives a quick a quick synopsis of each game, so I wanted to read those. Um, 
I watched this. I finally got to watch it while I was waiting for my plane. So I didn't really get a chance to kind of take notes at the same time. But uh, yeah, let's let's get into it. So uh, first uh, is, again, I don't know if these are in order of when they showed up in the direct. But anyways, we got Blue Fire, uh, which is from Graffiti Games and Argentina-based Roby Studios embark on a journey through a long-forgotten land. Blue Fire features 3D platforming challenges in a strange place called The Void. It will launch first on Nintendo Switch in summer 2020. Then we got a game called Baldo from Nap's team in Messina, Italy. Baldo looks to take inspiration from action-adventure RPGs and Japanese anime. It takes place in a magical world with dungeons and puzzles to solve. It features an art style that reminds a bit of Nino Kuni and will be released as a time console exclusive in summer 2020. Then we have I Am Dead from Annapurna, Annapurna Interactive. Richard Hogg and Hollow Ponds takes place on a small island in North Atlantic called uh, Shelmerston, one that has a long, strange history. The island is filled with both both people and anthro anthropomorphic animal, and you play as a museum owner who has died and needs to use his powers of his new predicament to unravel the mystery of Shelmerston. I Am Dead will launch as a time exclusive in 2020. Then we got Bark, aka Bio Interstellar Arc, Bark. Um, so developed by TikTok Games, Bark is a 2D side-scrolling co-op space shooter that has you playing as one of four ferocious animal astronauts trying to liberate the Earth from crazy robots. Bark will be released on Nintendo Switch as a timed exclusive in late 2020. And then we got Freak Freak Apocalypse uh, from Explosum Games and Serenity Forge. This new game takes place in post-apocalyptic world that destroyed everything and left everyone horribly mutated players will be tasked with solving puzzles and surviving in what's left of our world cyanide and happiness freak apocalypse will launch first on nintendo switch in summer 2020 summer in mara from spanish-based shibig summer in mara is a tropical adventure that tells the story of koa and is a tale all about growing up and protecting nature. She has to leave her home and discover the secrets that are kept by the ocean. Koa will need to farm and take care of her own island while also traveling by boat to 30 islands and helping more than 20 characters along the way. Summer Mara will be available as a Nintendo Switch time exclusive in spring 2020. Then we got Quantum League. Um, Argentina-based Nimble Giant Entertainment. Quantum League is a time paradox first-person shooter that has players teaming up with their past selves in 1v1 and 2v1. Two matches. In each round, players will automatically create clones that will echo your past actions. You must work together with your past selves to trick and outmaneuver your enemies. Quantum League will be available in late 2020. The Good Life from Swery and White Owls Inc. The Good Life puts players in the shoes of journalists from New York that is sent to research Rainy Woods, the world's happiest town in the English countryside. However, on full moon nights, the inhabitants of Rainy Woods turn into dogs and cats. The Good Life is a debt repayment RPG that will have players turning into dogs and cats and solving a murder in a unique titles headed to Switch in 2020. Then we got The Last Campfire. Uh, from No Man's Sky developer Hello Games, The Last Campfire has players discovering a beautiful wilderness filled with lost folk, strange creatures, and mysterious ruins. The Last Campfire starts stars Ember, who is lost and must traverse this world 
to light the titular last campfire and find his way home. The last campfire will launch on Nintendo Switch in summer 2020. Pixel Junk Eden 2 from Q Games. Pixel Junk Eden 2 will have players controlling uh, grimps to jump, spin, swing, and defeat invading creatures to collect pollen and grow gardens back to full bloom. Stages will generate in real time based on your actions and will produce a distinct sensory experience. Pixel Junk Eden 2 can be played solo or with a friend in local co-op and will be available in summer 2020. Uh, Feria um, is a strategic card game that has players crafting their decks and the battlefield itself. Cards can be unlocked by playing the solo campaign, draft mode, or PvP battles. There are also puzzle modes and co-op options. Nintendo Switch version of Feria will arrive with four free cosmetic packs for a limited time when the game launches later in March 2020. Uh, and then we have Eldest Souls. From Fallen Flag Studio, Eldest Souls is set in a grim dark fantasy world and is a boss rush game with high level of combatant customization, talents, and abilities. Eldest Souls will launch as a time exclusive for Nintendo Switch in summer 2020. And then they had, I think this was the point where they had a... Oh, my phone is stuck on this. Um, oh, there we go. And this is kind of where they had like a montage, I think. Mm -hmm. And so yep. uh, they got Blair Witch, which is already out on other consoles coming to Nintendo Switch in summer 2020. Ghost of a Tale, uh, Sky Children of Light, which is from uh, that game company, who's the developer of Journey. Sky Rackets, Super Liminal, and Wingspan. Dicey Dungeons, Bounty Battle, Moving Out, and then Exit the Gungeon, which is already available for Nintendo Switch. Um, so, <laughs> that's a, a lot of words to process, I, I realized. Um, but, <laughs> Adam, any games that stuck out to you? Uh, yeah, there's a couple. Um, the first two that they showed, uh, Blue Fire and Baldo, Mm -hmm. uh, they kind of looked like games I would be interested in. Um, was it uh, Blue Fire? I, I just kind of like the art style in it. Kind of reminds me of uh, Wind Waker a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then Baldo, just like it says, you know, it kind of has like that Ghibli art style, Nino Kuni type yeah, type vibe to it. For which, sure. Uh, and then putting that into kind of like a uh, kind of like a mix between like a 2D and 3D Zelda game kind of looking-ish thing. Yeah. Um, and then, what was the other one? Uh, the Good Life. So that kind of <laughs> debt repayment <laughs> RPG. I, which, love, <laughs> I love that genre. It's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, it just, it just right from the get-go, it kind of sounds like Animal Crossing. Yeah, I guess, bit. right? <laughs> I mean, it's the first thing you do. Like, you get put into debt, and then yeah. you have, I don't know. Uh, so that one might be interesting. I'm, I'm kind of kind of into to that from what they showed and then uh and then also super liminal like i know that's out right now i mm -hmm. think on steam at least um i don't know if it's on other consoles right now don't but think so. um yeah i think uh you know that definitely looks like a game i'm interested in i've been kind of that's been kind of on my radar for a while and I'm trying to think where I saw that. It might have been at somewhere in one of the E3 showcases last year. Maybe even the kind of funny one. I'm not sure. You know what? Um, it could, I thought be, that one it could be kind of funny because I, I was trying to remember that too because I saw that. I was like, oh, yeah. I remember seeing this in some sort of presentation and thinking like, mm -hmm. well, this looks cool. Like, 
you know, it uses like perspective and optical illusions to like solve yep. puzzles and stuff. So, yeah, those were, I guess, the uh, the, the standouts to me. There's yeah. nothing really like mind blowing. Like those ones I listed look good. Yeah, but nothing like, oh my god, I can't wait for this game to come yeah. out. No, that's that's totally fair. I kind of felt. I, I think everyone felt the same way about this. Um, my shoutouts were the exact same. Blue Fire, Baldo, I thought looked cool. Um, I also thought uh, I Am Dead looked kind of interesting. I mean, Annapurna Interactive has been known to publish some pretty decent games. Uh, they have a pretty that's good true. catalog. So kind of put mm-hmm. my trust in them that that's probably a, a pretty cool game. Uh, don't really know too much about it yet, but... Uh, it's honestly, if it's one that's like, hey, this game's like twelve bucks on this e shop, sure, I'll I'll pick it up. But uh, yeah, overall, like I agree, there's not like the Quantum League. I don't wouldn't say it's a game for me per se, but that was a kind of unique game that stood out to me with that that being like that you basically, um, you know, create like a clone of yourself and it echoes. Uh, the movements that you made and so you could kind of it's kind of a cool strategy you know first person shooter um that look kind of cool but i mean yeah when you compare this indie world to previous indie worlds it's there's not a lot that stood out like you said um not any get hype moments i mean you didn't have any like cadence of hyrule or cuphead coming to nintendo switch or you know katana zero or something like that no games that were really like wow, that game looks amazing. I want to play, I want to know more about it. I, I want to see that game. Um, and I don't know, maybe it's just because of this, but I mean, I feel like you and I even are very different gamers in certain regards and we we felt the same, right? There wasn't a ga- games that stuck out. So I, I'm wondering if like mm-hmm. this was just something that maybe they had some sort of plan of like doing this during GDC, um, and I don't, I, I really don't know. It just seemed weird to me. It felt weird watching it. It felt like, why are we doing this? But because there wasn't anything I thought that was worth, you know, creating a whole presentation for, you know what I mean? Like we always yeah. have this argument when we talk about state of play or Nintendo directs of like, why don't they just throw these trailers up on YouTube? And it's like, well, no one watches them then. But I mean, like these games, and I mean no disrespect to any of these games. They all look really cool, but um, it just, it seemed very, very soft as it for a presentation. Yeah. And I'm on the one hand, I'm just, I'm glad that we saw something like it, sure. there hasn't really been a whole lot of game announcements, you know, over the past several months. So it mm-hmm. was nice to actually just see something that showed, um, more than just like one game at a time yeah. or, you know, just seeing new trailers of games we already knew about. Uh, so it was nice seeing that kind of extra, you know, um, something, that compilation of, of games coming out. And, but I, you know, I, I've said, you know, we know we're so, so excited for Animal Crossing, but then it's like, well, what's next? Like, yeah, yeah. we don't know like a single Nintendo first party game coming out after Animal Crossing. We don't we don't really know any major games coming out for the Switch after Animal no, Crossing. Like, At least I, nothing that's confirmed. Exactly, that's confirmed. Like we have games that are have been announced, but they have no like the Breath of the Wild two or you know Metroid Prime four, Bayonetta mm-hmm. three. Like these are games that have been announced by Nintendo, but we know nothing about them yet. So I don't know what's going on there. 
Yeah. So I think I think now it's just kind of like I I like that they did it. Mm-hmm. You know, the games looked good, but nothing huge. But I think now it's just maybe going to make people want more. Yeah. Because they want like those big those big announcements and those big surprises. Yeah. And, um, you know, obviously that's not going to come in an indie direct. And I think, you know, going into it, knowing that it's just indie games and that's it, like that's a good way to temper those expectations. Sure. Um, but now people are going to want an actual Nintendo direct more than ever. And especially because it's, you know, there's been rumors of it since last month. Yeah. And you know, it's maybe it's time Nintendo. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Do you think we'll get a Nintendo Direct before around like E3 time? So I'm almost certain we're going to get one around E3. I think they're going to stick to what they normally do. Same way Xbox is still planning on doing one uh, for their their normally scheduled E3 time. So I think Nintendo's going to do the same thing. Um, You know, there's been pretty reliable leakers, I guess, that have been saying that there's going to be an actual Nintendo Direct before the end of this month. So yeah. that would that would allow some spacing between now and that sort of quote-unquote E3 mm-hmm. Direct. Um, so I, I think there's definitely, uh, you know, uh, I guess some credence to those to those rumors. Sure. Yeah. And I hope they're true. <laughs> Me too. But we'll see. I, I really hope it as well. We have a good chunk of time between now and you know june like we say we have all of april and all of may like even if end of march or some couple weeks into april if they gave us something that would be good but i don't know maybe maybe they don't have as much as we are expecting and they're they're holding their cards close to them because they don't want to reveal you know they don't have as much to reveal i have no idea what the case is but it does feel weird but i mean at any given time we can like wake up one morning and be like nintendo tweets out hey there's a direct and maybe it's chock full of stuff that we hadn't even thought were games being right. developed, right? Like they, they have that track record of surprising us. So I really like the end of the day, I, I Nintendo has a lot of, you know, players trust, I think, when it comes to them as a, a company because, you know, they've, they've treated us well. Be, they, they have had some missteps, don't get me wrong, but I mean like, they have had a lot of moments where it's like, holy crap, I didn't like just the last E3, right? Of like Breath of the Wild 2 or whatever, like a, a sequel to um, one of their biggest games of all time. Like it, no one expected it to hear something like that so soon after that game's release. Mm-hmm. So I guess. Yeah, well, and if the, if the rumors of a uh, 2D Metroid and a <laughs> true to form Paper Mario games, like yeah. if those are true and those are coming and they're going to show those soon, like that's going to be, that be cool. That's going to be real big. That would be <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, let's move into what games we have been playing. So, Adam, I'm going to turn it over to you first because you've probably played more games than I have in the last week. So what what game do you want to start off with? So I want to start off with one that I think we can both talk about, uh, which is Dreams. Mm-hmm. And I uh, specifically, it, I, I played a, a couple games, um, but the one I, I really want to give a shout out to is Funky Bones 4. Yeah. Did you play it? I played it last night. Um, I ran into some sort of technical glitch where, um, what do you call it? Like the little imps. Uh, I couldn't use that mechanic of like pulling the boxes 
So I couldn't oh. actually move my imp at all. So there was no huh. way for me to like, it was like really small and like I tried to restart it and then the same issue happened. So I don't know if that was some sort of like they, they patched one little thing and then it maybe impacted it. I have no clue, but oh no. um, at any I rate, I did play it and it was, yeah, phenomenal in terms oh, of it's so good. Yeah. Like I, I did probably play, I don't know how long it is, but uh, I played like a, a good chunk of it, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I'd say it's uh, the whole way through, you know, it's maybe 20, 25 minutes, somewhere in there. Okay. Um, so it's not overly long, but it's it's so well put together. It's yeah. very, uh, very detailed. It's it's just solid. Like, it's basically like taking a little big planet level mm-hmm. and putting it into like a true 3D space. Right. And they just did such a good job of that. Like, it, it, um, it, it's... It's platforming, um, you know, at a, it, like it, it's basically just a platformer, uh, a couple small puzzles in there, um, but nothing like nothing hard to figure out. Like it's, it's very simple stuff, like stuff you'd find in Little Big Planet. And uh, they did, they gave it kind of like a Day of the Dead theme. Yeah. Like I know the, uh, at least the first Little Big Planet, I'm not sure if the other ones did, but there was sort of like that, that series of levels that had that uh, Day of the Dead kind of thing. And um it just worked really well. The music was really good in it. And uh, it was just r- such a good, like, well-crafted uh, game in Dreams. Like, really great job. It, it, like, honestly, having played what I played, it, it it could stand up as, like, an old, its own indie game if it just, like, like, if it was maybe a little longer or whatever. But, like, that's how well it was created. Like, it was really impressive. And then I did want to, there was uh, another one I wanted to just give a shout out to. It's called Vex, the first season. Okay. And uh, it's just, it's a neat little, um, it's a neat little also like platformer type game. Um, kind of like, I guess like an action platformer. Uh, it's it's sort of like a collect-a-thon sort of, sort of game. Because each level does have, there's two types of collectibles in it. And I actually had... The uh, the creator in my stream because uh, oh really yeah as I was playing it um, so that was kind of cool so That's he awesome. was kind of answering some questions that I had along the way uh, so I appreciated that because I I would have never thought like I I guess the logic of dreams is that you either have collectibles to uh, complete the level or you don't like it, it, he made it sound like he had to make it all or nothing. So you basically right. had to get all of both of the collectibles if you wanted to exit the level, mm-hmm. which uh, it wasn't terrible. Things were pretty well placed. Um, there was only once in the time that I, I didn't play through the entire game because it's 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 a pretty nice length to it. Um, but there was uh, at one point where I just wasn't really sure where the the last thing was that I needed so he did point me in the right direction he he knew exactly where it was so he was able to tell me like hey just go head over that way and I got it so um maybe if there was a way to not make collecting everything a, a requirement like that would have made it a little bit better but um everything else in it was pretty sound like there was uh you, you know you basically kind of have like a I guess like a magic staff and you can do different elemental type attacks and uh, certain enemies have, you know, weaknesses to certain elements. So you want to use the the one that fits. And um, overall, it was it was pretty well put together as well. Um, so I wanted to give that one a shout out. Awesome. 
So I didn't, uh, I played a little bit of Dreams. I didn't get a chance to play as, like, because I was gone away from home. Um, I didn't get to play uh, much of this the past week, so I don't have any recommendations to make. Um, but yeah, that was one that I played that you had sent me um, that I really enjoyed. Um, but yeah, that's that's really all I got to do. Um, I did want to say that I did play a little bit of Fire Emblem Three Houses while I was gone. Because um, I had my Switch with me and that's kind of my main game that I'm playing right now on the Switch. I've talked a little bit, I think, on the show before about it. But uh, you've talked about it on the show before for sure. Yes. And, yeah, I have to say that it's a fun game. It's so weird. I have a weird relationship with it right now where I, every time I play it, like, I have a really fun time playing it. And I'll play, like, for, you know, two, three hours straight and just enjoy my time with it. And then I'll, like, stop playing it. and But I don't have, like, the motivation to, like... <laughs> go and play it you know what i mean like where dreams i'm like yeah i want to jump in and play some dreams or you know how i felt with um like what's another game i've been playing recently like the even the division two or apex or something like that those are all games that i've like played a little bit of and then i like continue to think about like wanting to play them you know when's in the next opportunity i can play them and i just haven't really got that with fire emblem and i don't Mm -hmm. know why because it's not like i dislike it i think it's just like i don't know uh the the routine of everything like i'm very early in the game um so like the routine i'm at right now like i don't know if that's i don't know i just i'm wanting a big thing to happen in the game to really pull me in and be like oh my gosh and i did just hit something that was kind of cool and uh got me really excited about the game again but yeah it's it's kind of a weird relationship that i have with it right now so (laughs) yeah i get that way with tv shows too like there's somewhere it's like oh my gosh like Mm -hmm. you know i'll sit down and watch it i'm like man this show's so good like why don't i finish watching this and then like you know i get to a point where i don't have time so i take like an extended break and then it's like well yeah i like that show but i yeah don't really feel like watching it right this second. Sure, yeah. But then as soon as I do, then I'm into it again. Yeah. yeah. So I, I know what you mean for yeah. sure. So, I mean, I I wanted to have it beat before Animal Crossing came, but I just, like, I wasn't going to force myself to, can, like, play, to, like, binge it if I wasn't feeling it, right? And because if I did that, I would just probably, I wouldn't enjoy myself, obviously. And so mm-hmm. I, I do plan on continue playing it. Um, it's going on the back burner for now. Um, <laughs> but I, I do think that my switch catalog is, is small enough that still that games don't really fall into the backlog for too long. Um, I mean, I, I was playing the indie game, I think it's agree or grease. Um, and I bought that a while ago, only played like 30 minutes of it, and then didn't touch it for like months. And then I started playing it again and just got on that. Like the Switch, I, I'm pretty good at playing those games I haven't finished. Whereas the PS4, Xbox One, like if a game gets really deep in my backlog, it's it gets harder and harder for me to go because I just, there's so many other games on those consoles that I, I'm currently playing. So we'll see. Um, it's going to be hard with Final Fantasy coming up and... 
um, also with Animal Crossing, like those are the two that I'm going to be spending my time with. So I anyways, Fire Emblem, not raining off the table. I've been having fun with it, but uh, yeah, it just hasn't been winning me over that much. All right. Uh, what's another game you've been playing? Uh, next one for me is going to be Neo 2. Um, nice. I sort of picked this up on, on a whim because it, mm-hmm. it came out and I was watching someone stream it and i'm like this looks pretty decent and um i i've been kind of i don't know when it comes to souls like games it's there you got to be careful because when you watch people stream it like they always make it look real easy right and it's Mm -hmm. like oh i can totally do this and then you pick up the game it's like (laughs) man this game is so freaking hard yeah like why didn't it look this hard when when the person i was watching was playing it then (laughs) and so you got to kind of be careful with those but um Neo 2, like I I picked it up. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give it a try because it looks really good. And I'm glad that I did because it is really good. Like the the combat in it is great. Um, So far, I'm I'm not super far in that there's like a whole lot of story going on. But I don't know that you really play games like these for the story anyway. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, So for me, it was all about the combat. And and really, uh, it was kind of all about the... uh, like the weapon selection because there's so many weapons to choose from. Now I didn't play the first Neo. So it turns out that there's only two brand new weapons to this game. Um, and all the rest basically came over from Neo one. And I think they're okay. going to be adding in a f- couple more with DLCs, but, um, but yeah, I saw the weapon selection. I'm like, man, there's some really cool looking weapons in this game. And that kind of, kind of piqued my interest as well and so i picked it up and i played it and it it's just really fun the combat is is so good um i just i really enjoy playing it i like trying all the different weapons i like a lot of the weapons that i chose and it's just i think it's just the right amount of difficulty like it kind of reminds me of bloodborne Mm -hmm. in in difficulty like i i feel like bloodborne was sort of and other people may disagree, but I thought Bloodborne was probably the easiest Soulsborne game, I guess, that I played. And uh, I guess you just kind of have to have an aggressive mentality in that game yeah. uh, when you play it, whereas the other Souls games are very uh, more slower paced, more methodical, uh, more tactical. Um, but it, it Bloodborne was a little bit more fast paced. And uh, so this has a little bit of a faster pace to it as well. And I really like that. And it just it feels just a little bit more accessible. Um, it is still difficult for sure. I uh, the the first like main boss of the game I actually found pretty easy, mm-hmm. and then the second boss just oh my gosh I had <laughs> I was streaming it when I was fighting that boss and I died a bunch of times on him. Yeah, I think that's I would that's when I was watching. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> And so I'm on the third boss now, which is like a giant snake creature and uh, doesn't seem, I want to say doesn't seem quite as hard as the second boss, but it's just one of those things where he just, when he does hit you, he hits really hard. Um, And there's some really punishing attacks that he has. So it's just a matter of, you know, learning, uh, you know, learning the moves, getting the timing down and then, you know, be able to get the win out of it but Mm -hmm. yeah it's uh it's difficult but so far i'm i'm really liking it i understand it's a very long game so 
you know, now with Animal Crossing coming out and uh, Final Fantasy around the corner, I don't know if I'll finish it, but it is something I, I definitely do want to keep playing because it is uh, really well done. Yeah. And it's, uh, uh, I, I am playing it on the, I guess, performance mode where it prioritizes yeah. frame rate and it's just, it's, it's so smooth and it still looks really good. And uh, so, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. That's awesome. You actually piqued my interest when you brought up Neo 2 and even watching you stream. I decided that I was going to check out the series uh, starting with the first one because it was a PlayStation Plus game. I don't know when it was, but uh, I, I snagged it when it was free and it's just been sitting sitting there ready to download. And I'm like, you know what? I, I had a little bit of confidence watching you play it. It's very, very true that that is a thing <laughs> when you watch someone play the game and do pretty decent, like it looks not too bad. And then you jump in yourself and you're like, okay, I gotta, this is a lot more difficult than I, I expected. Um, it's not the first, like I, I played a bit of Dark Souls. I played a bit of Bloodborne, but not enough to really give impressions on either of those games all that the only impression i can give is i'm not good at them and they're <laughs> hard <laughs> so i i probably played i want to say two to three hours of neo 2 or neo 1 i guess um and yeah i i have to say i enjoy it too um i it is quite difficult um for some for someone like me who has no familiarity with these types of games um so i'm kind of learning how they work and trying to strategize a little bit better of okay you know if i die i don't necessarily need to kill these same enemies again i can just kind of run past them you know what i mean like i i mm -hmm. okay i know the this this kind of enemy is upcoming i'm gonna try to save my elixirs for that and just kind of like coming up with a better game plan on how to handle the enemies that i'm going to be taking on and stuff but yeah the systems like the combat system is great the weapons feel great like um i'm on like the performance mode as well and i think neo came out in like 2016 or 2017 somewhere around there one of those yeah yeah and uh it still looks really great uh i bet you neo too like even from just watching the stream on my phone uh, Neo 2 looks like an enhanced, more beefier version of the first game. So uh, they clearly know what's working for them and continue with that. Both games were pretty well received, I believe. Um, so yeah, I enjoy it. I don't know how far I'll get into it because it, it was, I kind of had that mentality of like, well, I'm going to play it. Adam's been talking about it. And it's kind of piqued my interest. I want to check it out as well. Um, but yeah, like you said, with Animal Crossing around the corner and then Final Fantasy VII, I'm like, you know, like if I, if I have the urge to do it, but yeah, I have to say I, I enjoyed it. I, I, you know, it's very rewarding when you find an enemy that you can't quite, that you die to and you, uh, find a way to, to finally get past them and it works and it's like super rewarding. So it's like any yeah. of those really difficult games, um, so yeah, I, I enjoy it. Uh, really, really cool game. If you want to check out um, a game with a really cool set pieces and really good gameplay, um, combat mechanics and stuff, I yeah, clearly like we both recommend the series. So mm -hmm. yeah, I wish I would have gotten uh, the first game whenever it was on mm -hmm. uh, PlayStation Plus and I could have got it for free. 
because uh, that would have been a nice way to kind of test things out. I, although I, I don't regret getting this, the mm-hmm. second one at all because it's been because um, I've been having a really good time with yeah. it. So a worthy purchase. Um, so that's really all the games I had. Do you have any other games you wanted to? Yeah, I've got one more I want to mention. It's uh, Ori and the Will of Will of the Wisps. Of course, so the new Ori that came out. (laughs) Yeah. Um. So I just finished it last night. I uh I I pushed through and I rolled credits on it, and I didn't I didn't one hundred percent it. Yeah. But I did a fair amount of exploration. Tried to collect a lot of things along the way, and um, so I got I got a decent amount of, of of things and explored a bit and. It was it was a good game. I I liked the first one better. I feel like I might be kind of in the minority with that. Yeah. Because they did make some really good strides in this game, especially with the combat. Because the first game was like, it was it was very much like a platformer first, and then kind of combat secondary, and it didn't strike the greatest of balances in my opinion, especially for like a Metroidvania. So it was I would say you know maybe like seventy uh, five to 80% platforming and then the rest, you know, combat. So mm-hmm. it's just like a small portion. Yeah. Whereas this game, it's, it's a little closer to um, 50-50 or, right. you know, maybe 60-40 uh, split still in favor of platforming. But um, they really beefed up the combat system. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they, they gave different, uh, you know, a, a number of abilities that you can purchase and upgrade. And then they give you... Uh, what they call shards, uh, which is kind of equivalent to like the, uh, gosh, I can't remember what they're called in Hollow Knight, maybe badges, uh, charms, charms okay. uh, in Hollow Knight. And so it's basically just equipable pieces that upgrade, you know, either passive or active abilities, um, you know, so whether it's enemies drop more health or now your your bow attack shoots out three arrows at once instead of one. Or, you know, different things like that. And there's a whole bunch to collect. And I did actually miss quite a few of those um, throughout the game. But I did pick up plenty. But even those those um, those thing, those shards, they're upgradable. So, like, uh, there's one that you get and it gives you just 10, 10% uh, defense bonus. Like, just flat out. But then you can upgrade it with the currency that you get to 20% and then ultimately 30%. So some of them have like these progressive upgrades you can get and others um, are just straight up. Like you can't upgrade them at all. Um, So it depends on which one, which one you get, but then, you know, you kind of pick and choose what the best loadout is going to be for you. And um, so they, they did really good with, with uh, combat and everything. They give you a nice healing uh, spell in this one that you can use to heal up pretty easily and um, they made it really easy to, because you can only equip three abilities at once, whether it's just like a standard attack or whether it's one that uses like your uh, your spirit or your healing thing. So you can only have three at a time. So you kind of do have to switch uh, a lot kind of on the fly, but they make it really easy to do that. There's no like deep menuing you have to do to switch things out. It's just you hold a trigger, choose a thing, assign a button, hmm. and, and you're back to it. So it's really fast. Gotcha. Um, and there's there's a lot of them, a lot of things to choose from. Yeah. So you can kind of choose the, you know, what best fits yours. I picked, I ended up, whenever I got a heavy attack, which is kind of like a big hammer swing, I just pretty much rode through that through the whole game because it just, it dealt a lot of damage. It did a lot of knockback. So it was very easy to 
maybe knock enemies into spikes or into other uh, damaging terrain to just like kill them outright. Um, platforming was good, although I found they they tried to do some things that just I I found frustrating in some areas, and it was I guess parts that were more frustrating to platform than the first game. Uh, they they still kept the escape sequences, and there were there was more of them in this game than there were in the the first game. Uh, but I liked the ones in the first game better. Uh, they just felt more uh, more substantial, and and also maybe a little bit more rewarding when you get through them. Mm-hmm. And because I know I know people kind of complained about the difficulty of those escape sequences in the first game, so I do feel like they were toned down a little bit in this one, and you know. A lot of them were, were kind of on the shorter side. Uh, but there were times in the game where I felt like they just shoehorned them in just for the sake of having them and I, that I felt was kind of unnecessary. Um, I, I don't remember if the first game had boss fights in it, but this one did, and they were, like, legit, like, big boss fights. And they were pretty cool. Like, they, they were kind of, like, set pieces, in like, kind of in their own right. And so I gave him a, I gave him a lot of credit for that, and that the uh, the boss fights were really neat. But I, I, overall, I, oh, and the stories. So I, it, there's a lot of story that's kind of some of it is is through text, but most of it is just through uh, kind of like visual representation, and uh, you're you're kind of getting the context from just what's happening on the screen, because a lot of these are just like animals, and like right. they they just kind of. <laughs> silently communicate with each other yeah. or whatever um and I, I feel like the tone just didn't feel right in this one like it, the the plot i guess if you want to call it just felt like it it rehashed a lot of the original game and it, it didn't feel unique in its own way the way the first one did and um so i just didn't find it as engaging and I feel like they, they made some emotional elements happen just for the sake of adding emotional elements. And it just mm. didn't, I didn't feel that emotional connection the way I did in the first gotcha. one. So um, overall, still really good game. But it, the, the end kind of dragged out a little bit. I was kind of like, uh, Kelly was, was sitting on the couch. I'm like, this game will not end. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, why won't yeah. it just end? Um so it did kind of, I guess, towards the end, I just wanted to be done with it, and it kind of overstayed its welcome there yeah. at the very end. But um, it was good. It was real good. Interesting. I, those are all pretty. I'm, I'm, I, everyone that I've heard talk about it has been like very, very positive. So it's actually kind of nice to hear some more criticism towards it and stuff. Um, especially when like that's the thing that the sequels have a hard job at doing is like how how do we make it bigger and better while still keeping everything that people liked about the first one right like it's a hard thing to balance and stuff and it's unfortunate they didn't quite hit that you know same level that the first one did for you but uh yeah like I'm I'm glad that it it did do well in terms of reviews and everything because I know that that game took a while to finally release mm-hmm. and stuff yeah. so it's good that they were able to do that um would you would you see a third ori game coming out at some point um i i mean i think it's it's 
possible. Um, There'd have to be kind of an interesting spin on it, I think. Like, I don't want to give anything away. Well, of course, there is, yeah. Um, Spoilers. And... Yeah. But I think it's such a popular franchise. I don't see it just going away. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I think, you know, I could definitely see that there being a, another game. Gotcha. Okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. Whether it's a spinoff or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Well, that's what we've been playing recently. Um, let's move into the last half of our show here with question of the week. So last week, let me bring it up here. Last week, I asked you guys uh, if you watch people play video games, um, whether it's streaming or watching Let's Plays on YouTube. I just wanted to see if you guys watch that kind of stuff. Uh, so over on Twitter, we have at BJ Bernardo 10. Uh, I watch people play games a little bit. I think it's a great way to watch others to see what they do and what you don't. Uh, these guys and girls are at the very least, these guys and girls are at the very least know the game very well. It's a great way to learn. I mean, I used to watch NBA to get better at basketball. That's an interesting perspective of watching games, you know, to learn how to become better at them. And that's kind of, <laughs> to some degree, when we were talking about like, Souls, Souls like games is like that's although they're really good at them and it's easier said than done it, it I have been able to watch some of those videos online and figure out man I've been playing these games very differently this is clearly how they should be played that kind of stuff so uh, thanks for the response BJ also on Twitter we have Lindsay at B B B B B ASIC. Yes, particularly walkthroughs of scary games that I'm too afraid to play myself. Yes, I would say horror games are a a very well, many famous YouTubers have made careers off of playing <laughs> horror games and let's yeah. plays through them. So I totally get that. And then Coleman Dean sent me a message over on Facebook saying, for watching YouTubers or streamers play video games, I enjoy watching games that are console exclusives on other consoles being played or watching playthroughs of games that I'm interested in, but not enough to buy myself. But if I have the game myself generally, I'll just play the game rather than watch others play it. Yeah, that's really true. I mean, that's the great way to see a game that you wouldn't be able to play if it is an exclusive to another console or something like that. And then... Yeah, when you want to check something out, but don't necessarily want to commit to buying it. Uh, awesome. Well, thank you to Lindsay, BJ, and Coleman for all responding to last week's question. Really appreciate that. Adam, I know you obviously watch people stream. I watch people stream. So I guess that one way we could answer this question each is what kind of things do you kind of prefer to watch? What's your preference? What, what kind of games or do you have a, some notable streamers that you want to bring up? Uh, yeah. I mean, for me, I think uh, speed runs are yeah. a big thing. <laughs> uh, obviously with watching like GDQ and stuff, I, I very heavily invest in watching uh, the speed run community do their thing. Um, uh, games that, you know, I don't ever really plan on getting or games that like, Maybe if they're not even if they're being speed run, but like games that like I've played and, and have a strong attachment to uh, randomizers. I like to watch. So, um, you know, again, you know, you take some of my favorite games of all time, like 
uh, Super Metroid or Link to the Past mm-hmm. or Chrono Trigger and like you make a randomizer out of it. And, uh, you know, it's just a, a great new way to kind of get like a fresh, a fresh new way to play, play that game that, um, you know, that I really love. Yeah. And, and so I like to watch those, um, as far as like kind of, kind of shout outs, um, or I, I also do want to mention too, that I, as far as like watching them, like a lot of times, like I prefer watching like a streamer over like just turning on the TV and yeah. just putting on whatever's on TV. Like I like to um, put on Twitch cause there's just always something interesting to watch on mm-hmm. there. But yeah, like some of the, some of the ones I, I like watching um, uh, a big one, uh, probably a lot of people that are on Twitch might recognize, but co carnage, um, he just puts on a great stream and he's such a, uh, uh, such a down to earth dude. Uh, just really cool guy. Uh, retro Gaijin really like watching him. Um, and then, uh, Rudix, uh, it's spelled Rudy XX. He's, he's definitely a small streamer. Like he's usually like 15 people or less, but Mm -hmm. I really enjoy his, he does a lot of RP. He plays through a lot of RPGs and does some, uh, uh, RPG randomizers. So I like watching him. Um, gosh, there's probably a bunch more that I'm forgetting <laughs> right now, but, um, Oh, grand Pooh bear. Um, uh, I really like watching him. He primarily plays Mario games. Um, but he's been playing Spelunky a lot lately and that's, oh, nice. that's a really fun yeah. time. And he's just, he's just one of those guys. Like he has a, he has a good energy yeah. and he has kind of a really fun time with his chat. Yeah. So he's, He's just one of those guys that it's kind of fun to watch him play whatever because he's he kind of has that entertainer first mentality. Yeah. And then it just kind of makes whatever he's playing fun sure. uh, because yeah. he makes it fun. So nice for myself. I, 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 I would say that I over the years, like I, I probably less watch on I watch the sorry, it's been a long show. Watch less on YouTube as in terms of like less plays and stuff. And yeah, I, I'm I mostly stick to Twitch, throw it up there when I'm kind of doing something else like, you know, cooking or if I'm playing a multiplayer game of like Apex, I just have like a, a Twitch stream kind of that I can kind of watch. Like those games that I'm not really inve- need to be invested in on like a story or anything like that. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I I generally watch. I like the when GDQ comes around. Those are some of my favorite streams to watch. Um, I I also like watching speedrunners. Uh, particularly ZFG is one that I always watch. He's a Zelda speedrunner. Particularly Ocarina of Time. He's like one of. He has set world records numerous times. He's one of the best uh, speedrunners for that game, and uh, really like dry sense of humor. Um, and so he makes the the shows very fun. Um, so yeah, I that would probably be the one that I would watch the most. I also kind of tend to gravitate towards PC games, surprisingly enough, like those ones that are very PC specific. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like Rust or like Gary's Mod, and those games that I can can't play. Um, so that's probably why I watch them, <laughs> as I just like watching people fool around on them and um yeah that that would probably be my you know i used to watch a lot of um pokemon speedrunners back in the day but it, i haven't watched those in quite some time i'd like to get 
get back into it. But yeah, long long story short, speedrunners are probably the best to watch on Twitch, in my opinion. I think you, you would agree to that for sure. All right, so this week's question, I kind of wa- wanted to... I, th- I kind of came up with it. Uh, I saw a tweet that was talking about games to play like while the people are in quarantine or self-isolating. So what I wanted to ask you guys is more more so like what is a game that you could easily play uh how could i how could i word this better i guess like if you had to pick one game to play for you know weeks on end what game would that be a game that you know if you're stuck indoors and what what's your kind of like escape game that you can kind of use to to help yourself while you know, being isolated, I guess. I know there's a lot of people that are still out and about, uh, but there's also a lot of people like you, Adam, that are working at home. So yeah, I kind of wanted to ask you, the listeners, like what are you guys playing right now while you're having to kind of stay indoors more? So um, I guess that's a good way of putting it. It's just like, what are you playing right now while you're dealing with um, with everything that's going on right now? So okay, what's, what's your ideal social distancing game? Yeah, that's a great way. That's what I'll put on the tweet. I was just having such a hard time of forming the question. So I'll post that question over on Twitter and Facebook. You can respond on there and we'll read your guys' responses on next week's episode. Uh, if you wish, you can also email us at contact at games And yeah, we're, we look forward to hearing your guys' responses to that. All right. That concludes this episode of games are fun it was a good information filled episode i hope you guys enjoyed listening adam where can people keep up with you i find me on uh, twitter at adam palooza 85 and then also on twitch at twitch.tv slash adam palooza 85 awesome you can follow me on twitter at luke allen arm Follow the podcast at Games Are Fun Pod. Make sure to head over to Facebook, search for Games Are Fun. Give us a like if you're on Facebook so you can keep up to date with the show. All right, that concludes this episode of Games Are Fun. Expect next episode to have some initial impressions of Animal Crossing and we'll make sure to have Garrett included on that episode because he he misses recording the podcast Um And I'm really excited to talk about Animal Crossing um, because we're all going to have such unique experiences. That's going to be the funnest part is talking about where we spend our time and doing what. So really looking forward to that. That will, yeah, well, I, again, just have to bear with us as we kind of figure out what the scheduling looks like next week on when that episode will go up. But again, just stay on our social sites to keep informed on that. So Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Games Are Fun, and we will talk to you all next week. See you later.